guys, it's Amanda and Barron, and we are back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. And on this second segment, our sponsor is Marianne McNally, and she is with Next Home Realty Connection. She's absolutely amazing. Um, she is. This is her second month sponsoring uh, the second half, and this cause is super near and dear to her heart um, as she is battling breast cancer herself at this moment. Uh, so if you guys could support her and show her your love, that would be absolutely amazing. So if you have any realty questions, you want to buy, you want to sell, she is definitely your go-to girl. So definitely reach out to her for any and all of your needs. And I will have her number at the end of this segment for you guys. So make sure you have a pen and a paper. Okay. Let's, yep. Time to be shocked? Yes. Okay. This is from a National Geographic. It's a science edition. Mm-hmm. January 2019. So it's five years ago when this came out. Okay. So fairly recent. Fairly recent. Yeah. And the, you know, they always have like multiple articles, but the cover article is Sugar's Powerful Pool, Why It Grips Us. Oh, man. You're not going to like me. I, I, I normally you don't know, when you, you know, come and, talking about And the about sad food. thing is, and Noah said it very well, you got to keep the sugar in the barbecue sauce. <laughs> but I don't think, mess with that recipe. I, I think the key here is, and, and it'll make sense as we go through this, there are lots of sweeteners out there besides sugar. There's honey. There's there's maple syrup. The sugar industry has a lot of lobbyists, and as a nation, we way overconsume sugar. Mm-hmm. And I don't want Matt to take the sugar out of his barbecue sauce, but you know what? Maybe a lot of sugar in your day is not a good idea. Right. And so I'm going to just bring some stuff here, mm-hmm. okay, because that's what I do right now. Okay. <laughs> and we talk about doing, while you look into what you're looking at, we talk a lot about, you know, the 70-30, you know, um, do good 70% of the time, and then you've got your 30% to play with. And I don't like the phrase, it's a cheat day. That's a bad phrase. Mm-hmm. It's just 70% of the time, I'm going to live a really healthy life, mm-hmm. and I'm going to allow myself some time to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, quite honestly, if you tried to live your life 100% the way you're talking, you're going to hate food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and food is food is part of our society. Mm-hmm. Like I've cut sugar or uh, pop out. So now I drink water. So then I can ha- indulge in my barbecue sauce. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this whole article is actually about sh- sugar globally. Okay. <clears throat> and they have, you know, <clears throat> um, National Geographic likes to have little charts and graphs. So the first one here is total sugar consumed. Any guesses, Matt, what the number one nation in the world is with consuming sugar? I would say the United States. I would have thought the same thing. But it, but we are not, we're not even in the top five. Wow, that really surprises me, actually. With, with refined sugar, we're not in the top five. Okay. Really? Nope. No, any guesses? Top, top nation in the world consuming refined sugar. I don't, no, I don't have any guesses. I know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> hit you with one. Uh, uh, China did not make the top five. Canada did not make the top five. Okay, I'm done guessing. Brazil. <laughs> oh, I would have huh. never have guessed. That really surprised me, actually. Me Bra- too. Brazil, as a nation, consumes 120 pounds of sugar per year per person. One more time. 122 pounds of sugar per person per year. Wow. Wow. Number two oh. is Russia. They were my next guess. 88 pounds. Wow. That's a pretty big jump from number two to number one. Yeah, that is. Right? That's actually a huge difference. <clears throat> yeah, and that's that's refined sugar. That's probably the stuff that you're using in your barbecue sauce. Correct, right? yeah. 
<clears throat> but the other scary thing in here is it's talking about the United States. And it says, today, a 12-ounce soda, which is a pretty normal soda anymore, has 10 teaspoons of sugar in it. That's a lot. That's more sugar than what I put in my sweet tea. There you go. Mm -hmm. So we were just talking about the barbecue sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If you go into Fred Meyer, Safeway, whatever, and you buy a 12-pack, you're going to get more sugar in one can than you're going to get in Matt's barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 10 teaspoons of sugar. And no nutritional value Mm -hmm. from the soda. Right. Whereas at least there's some nutritional value from Matt's barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. Right? The other thing I was reading in the article is they quote a gentleman. His name is Richard Johnson, and he is a nephrologist, which means he studies the kidney. Okay. What's going on with the kidney. And, And the critical part there is... People who drink a lot of alcohol will a lot of time have kidney problems. No, I'm sorry, not kidney, liver liver problems because that's trying to process your sugar, right? So this guy is a specialist in liver. I said that incorrectly. But he's at the University of Colorado in Denver, and he says, why is it that one-third of adults worldwide have high blood pressure when in 1900 only 5%? Why did diabetes affect 1 in 50,000 people in 1900, and now it's 1 in 8? Wow. Why are more and more Americans obese? Mm-hmm. Sugar. We believe in one of is one of the culprits, if not the major culprit. Mm-hmm. More obese, more diabetes, more heart disease. They even touch on cancer. Right. Right. <clears throat> Other problems. Then this next part I find intriguing because we keep jumping back in time. Mm-hmm. In 1675. Okay, that's way, way back. back. <laughs> there was a physician in England named Thomas Willis, and it kind of disturbs me that he actually figured this out. But the urine of people affected by diabetes tasted wonderfully sweet. Say that one more time. You sure want me to say it twice? I'm not sure if I heard you correctly. (laughs) He says, says, um, the urine of people affected with diabetes tasted, quote, wonderfully sweet as if it was imbued with honey or sugar. Well, I would have hated to be a part of that that's a, te- that's a test research I don't want to be part of. <laughs> <laughs> but they were discovering in the 1600s that people with diabetes, that it was a, it was coming through in their urine with this sugar. Right. Right? <clears throat> but if we jump forward to the 1900s, mm-hmm. late 1800s, they did a study at Columbia University. And they it was an increased death from 1900 to 1920, which corresponded with the increase of sugar consumption more people were consuming sugar. In the 1960s, there was a British nutritionist that conducted a series of experiments on animals and people to show that high amounts of sugar in the diet led to high levels of fat and insulin in the blood, risk factors for heart disease, diabetes, and cancer. Mm-hmm. And that was in 1960. He says, but his message was drowned out by a chorus of other scientists blaming the risk of obesity and high risk disease on fat. So, my theory 
is the sugar industry was paying these guys mm-hmm. to blame it on fat. Don't blame it on sugar. Right. And and they go on in the article to say that in 1700, so 400 years, 300 years, 400 years ago, right. the average person consumed four pounds of sugar a year. Wow, that's a hu- do you know what the what it is for the United States? We're gonna get there. Oh, sorry, jumping <laughs> ahead. <laughs> so seventeen hundred, four pounds a year. Wow. By eighteen hundred, we're up to eighteen pounds a year. Okay. By eighteen seventy, we're up to forty-seven pounds a year. By nineteen hundred, we were up to a hundred. I'm just gonna cut your mic off. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. now, now. The average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Wow. Wow. Now, the reason I bring all that up is I brought a drink that maybe some of the disc golfers might consume. It's a monster drink. I like how you say might. And then- <laughs> I'm not blaming all of them. Because I don't. That's for sure. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> no. And, and the reason I bring this up is because this is an average, right? Mm-hmm. So in an average, someone is low and someone is high. Right. And yes. Noah just said he doesn't, which means somebody else is consuming more to keep the average where it is. Absolutely. Except <clears throat> the listeners can't see this, but this is one of those big monster drinks that has a screw top. Mm-hmm. And on it's the back a cool-looking it, can. It's a very cool. What's the size of it? This is 24 ounces. Okay. 24-ounce can. I used to drink one of those a day, actually. <laughs> Did you? I used to, yeah. Yeah. Okay. The interesting thing about Monster is they don't own anything. They don't own their recipe. Matt and I could go start creating whatever's inside of this can, and we can't be sued because they don't own anything except a marketing label with what looks like a claw, you know, like you said, really cool can. Monster doesn't own anything Mm -hmm. except for a cool label. But on the back is a nutrition label, and this is what plays in, and I think you guys can weigh in a little because you just said you used to. This can contains 81 grams of sugar. Holy smokes. Is that per serving? How many servings are in there? There's two servings. So one serving has 40. The whole can okay. has 81. Okay. Except, we talked about this before, four grams equals one teaspoon. So this can has 20 teaspoons of sugar. Whoa. And if the average American is consuming 22 teaspoons, you got your whole thing in one can of sugar. Monster, yep. and I can't have any of his barbecue sauce. <laughs> None. Yeah, you drink that can, you're done for the day. Done. So can I drink your barbecue sauce? <laughs> yeah, that would be a lot Instead less the sugar monster? than the monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Kind okay. of shocking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that is. What? And this is a, there's a whole other show here, but where the United States is number one, high fructose corn syrup. Okay. We're the number one nation in the world in high fructose corn syrup syrup. And we consume, as a nation, 51 pounds of high-fructose corn syrup. The problem with that is high-fructose syrup blocks a receptor in your brain that tells you you're full. It blocks it. So you're sitting here eating Matt's amazing food, except uh, I know he doesn't use it, but if you had high-fructose corn syrup, you're, you're, you're full. But you don't know it because it's blocking it. And I believe that part of the reason that we have a very obese nation, you've got kids that are tan that are classically obese, because they, they're full, but they don't know they're full because there's so much high fructose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So there's your shocking information. That is 
a lot of sugar. That's a, a lot. lot of sugar in one drink. Yes. So I do like my sugar though. So I just what I've done since the show is I've cut out uh, like uh, replacing soda with water and things like that. And um, instead of eating chocolate, I just yell at myself in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we have to take steps. Yes. You know, do better, know better, do better, but mm-hmm. a little at a time. Yes. And maybe if you are one of people who drink it. these, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe go to the smaller can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just drink one every day. Take those smaller steps. Because if you too. try to stop this all at once, your brain is so addicted to the sugar, you're going to have massive headaches. Mm-hmm. It, it's a drug. Yeah. So. Yep. I do like what you said right before the segment, too, is there is moderation in everything, too. Mm-hmm. So, including moderation. Including moderation. But yeah. even in consuming the sugar, like you just said, instead of cutting cold turkey, there is moderation in how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about sugar, and I found this magazine, and I thought, well, let's just go revisit it. It's yeah. It's kind of shocking how it much is. sugar we're consuming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I always bring you a story. Right. But I have a phrase we've used in the past called the why that makes you cry. And I've discovered over the last five years that... You know, my why is Brenda, and mm-hmm. you've met her. So yes. you know my why. Mm-hmm. But everyone's why is different. Yes. And during our commercial break, I was visiting with Matt and Noah, and they all, they both have their own why. So I would like our story to actually be their why. I love that. I love that. Let's that? do it. Absolutely. Well, Matt is in the process of writing a book. Are you? I am. That's I cool. I just started this last week, actually. That's really cool. Well, the why that makes you cry ties into his book, so... The mic is all yours, Matt. Yeah, so the title of my book is called Behind the Why, which really ties in with the questions in this article we just heard was why. And so the introduction real quick is why. That seems to be a question so many people ask about so many things. We hear it from little children, teens, young adults, grown-ups, and seniors. It is a question we get every day about almost anything. Why should I invest? Why should I buy this product? Why are these pants worth $200? We are constantly being asked why. So in this short story, I want to go behind the why in my life and share what has brought me to this point in my journey. So for me, starting a business, I have my why, my, my story, growing up in foster care, being adopted, uh, things like that. And so my connection business-wise to why am I so connected to kicking cancer? Why am I so connected to Cool Disc? For me, my why goes back to meeting my biological aunt at 23. I learned that she was a breast cancer survivor. I don't know how long she had had breast cancer prior to when I met her, but that she was a survivor. So that was 10 years ago that I met her. Wow. Yeah. So what was super cool about that is I dove deep into wanting to encourage and support. And so we actually got to do a 5K together. Oh, that's cool. And so there's not a lot of people who survive cancer in general that's such a hard disease but to have the opportunity to one i actually got to meet her which had i had she died or the cancer taken over i wouldn't have had that opportunity as an adult to meet somebody related to me and you and you said you were in foster you're in the foster system i was i graduated high school right out of foster care so you quite possibly could have never met this end yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, there was that opportunity where the cancer had started prior to when we met that had it taken over, I never would have met her, which then also I would never have met her kids. And come to find out, my cousin knew me when I was a little before I was put into foster care at six years old. 
And the impact I made in her life, she named her oldest son after me. Wow. Which really I learned cool. that wow. at 23. So I have a namesake that I never grew up with, never knew how much of an impact I made as a child yeah. on my cousin. That's really cool. So my why for why do I want to support kicking cancer and why is it close to me is because of my aunt and watching her survive but then thrive. And she tells her story to so many people trying to encourage them that there is hope in community, hope in people gathering together, supporting each other. And that's all about what Kicking Cancer does is bringing people into a community where you're supporting. I so love that I got to cater that dinner just a little while ago because hearing the stories of people who couldn't have done it on their own, but because of the community around them and how they pulled together we're able to get through the treatments, we're mm-hmm. able to get through or are currently battling and are able to battle because they have that support system around them. So for me, that's my why. And I want to continue just to not even just supporting kick and cancer, but supporting other people in my journey through business that need that second chance, that need people to support them, foster kids who come out of the system, uh, people with disabilities who haven't been given the chance to really show that they have value, even though they have some disabilities behind them, to provide an impact. And then people who are incarcerated, they made a mistake, but they need someone to just say, hey, I want to give you that shot. You have value. You have worth. So I'm super excited for what the future holds. Yeah. Is your aunt close by, Matt? Uh, She recently just moved to Ohio. So her daughter... Um, married a gentleman named Ethan. He went into the military. They got stationed over in Ohio. And so she's currently living there to help support the grandkids and just really be with her family. Well, over following the family. That's cool. Yeah. Where were you at when you did that 5K with your aunt? We were down in Albany, Oregon. Okay. So, so they did local. it. Yeah, very local. They did it right there in town. And it was just such a phenomenal time to interact with everybody in Albany. Yeah. Who were going through that same process? Well, and I and I think that you know this before, Amanda. That it seems like everybody seems to have their own why. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've told me a little about your husband's why. Why? Yeah, absolutely. No, is there again? Noah and I were a chance meeting, and we've done some really fun disc things together in really odd places. But you were telling me during the commercial break that there's a why in your life too. Yeah. So I don't know the full story. Um, I was young. Um, so I don't really know much, but what I do know was one of my grandmas had breast cancer, um, and she survived from that, and she battled through that, and she had lost all of her, all of her hair through chemo, um, and, uh, that's all I know from that part, but what, it, what else happened was my other grandpa, who was serving in, in Arizona way back then, was more recently in the past few years um, found out that he had multi-myeloma um, from Which is blood cancer. Blood cancer from serving because um, all that chemicals and stuff that they used uh, got into his system, um, and he still has that. Um, he's battling through that still with daily chemo, and in fact, he's here today um, at our grand opening. So it's spe- which is in eleven minutes. Yes, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so that's special to me that he has helped. He's a business person too. He's owned warehouses. He's done several things um, in the business side, which is kind of where I got it from. 
Um, so it's really special to me and to my heart that he's here today, you know, supporting me in my journey when I'm still supporting him in his journey. Mm-hmm. And when I was on an ad, it was, I was at the honorary dinner too for kicking cancer. And hearing everyone's story was just special, like Matt was saying. I mean, I have two family members that I don't know much about, but I got to experience other people's stories and get to hear what they've been through. And with with Kurdish partnering with Kicking Cancer, we've done fundraiser tournaments for so many people with cancer, like Ozzy. And it's just been a blessing to help them in that way. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. All it, right. Can you even tell? Can you even tell your why? Mm-mm. Yours? Oh gosh! Don't put me on the spot like that. Can you tell your husband's? Um. So my husband's, um, his grandma died of lung cancer. Um. She was a huge part of his life, and uh, he he fears cancer, uh, pretty bad. Um, so much that he's scared to go to doctors and hospitals. Um, and so it, it haunts him and it's a real thing. Um, and it's, 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 it's crazy how it can affect people like that, even though they don't have it. Um, it's a real scary thing. Yeah, It's really scary. And if we can bring awareness to it and prevention, then that's huge. That's really huge. One of the things that I want to do next year, and I'll just go ahead and announce it right now, that next January, we do these honorings every year. Well, next January, Matt will be catering again. You have been asked yes. to come back again. Yes, <laughs> I'm so excited. It's <laughs> going to be do. great. Um, there was an analogy that I heard recently, and I'm going to tie this in next year. Uh, if you think about the big trees we see in, like, Northern California, okay, they have really deep root systems. And part of the reason why they don't fall is because those root systems go so deep that the winds won't knock them over. Um, I heard recently that they, they started putting uh, fencing around the big trees because people would get close to them and they'd walk around. And well, over months and months and months and months and years, the root systems would be impounded by the feet. And that's why those huge trees blew over. During a war. It wasn't that they were weak, but they were weak because they were impounded on them. Right. But the trees in the Amazon forest, if you ever see a picture of the Amazon forest, they're really close together. They're really dense trees, and their root systems are completely different. So the root systems interweave under the ground. Mm-hmm. And the reason those trees don't fall over is because the tree next to them is supporting them. And the tree on this side is supporting them because their root systems are woven together. So together they are stronger. Together they are stronger. And I believe that as kicking cancer continues to grow and continues to gain global strength, the reason that the people won't die of cancer is because their root systems have grown together. Right. And we support each other on each side. I love that. That's I that's I love the way you put that. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, we're more like the Amazon trees than the ones in Northern California. Yeah. And it takes people that do, you know, a barbecue business and a disc golf business and mm-hmm. a radio station. Mm-hmm. But we grow our root systems together to support each other. And it's a, it's a beautiful thing when that happens. Yeah. Because look at all of us in here that we've brought together. And then you're each one, teach one. So we all are woven together, and then we reach even farther. Yeah. It's pretty powerful. So that's a phrase we use that, you know, we bring these tips in with sugar, okay? So save yourself, 
and make little changes, whatever that be, add more water, like you So save yourself, then each one, teach one, and it, collectively we can grow that way. Uh, it's, we're done, we're, we're relying on the medical community to take care of us. we got to take care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, one more time. Let's hear your guy. What's the address for this grand opening? Which is about five minutes away now. Mm-hmm. It's 3737 Cherry Avenue Northeast. Cool Disc and Kicking Cancer collaborating. You'll yep. see our sign there on the door. You'll see a big, huge basket out front. You'll see a big banner flying. And if you get close enough, you'll probably smell Matt's food. Yeah. Follow your nose. You'll follow oh, yeah. right where it's at. Oh, yeah, you will. Well, thank you guys so much for coming in. I appreciate both of you very, very much. And a huge shout out to our sponsor of the second half, which is Marianne McNally with Next Home Realty Connection. She's absolutely amazing. And again, she is in her own battle right now with breast cancer. So show her your love and support. If you have any real estate questions, you're buying, selling, definitely reach out to her. Her number is 503-409-4389. And we will be back next week as As the the movement movement continues. continues.